You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home Abroad, and I'm heading down to Tilting uh, off Newfoundland, and I'm chatting with Dan Murphy, who is the co-chair of Vela Tilting. And what's interesting down here is that, uh, first of all, it's uh, an Irish festival, and there's a fascinating connection between Ireland and Newfoundland, and uh, between Tilting, and also uh, that this year, uh, recordings were made of with some of the old timers, but apparently there's recordings going back a number of years, and uh, I'm delighted to connect connect with Dan as the co-chair. Dan, thanks a million for taking the time coming along. Fascinated and interested in hearing. Uh, I know Kieran has been on previously and brought me up to date a little bit about some of the history of tilting and the Irish connection, but bring it briefly, uh, kind of re-bridge the Irish tilting connection for us. Well, okay, of course, for some of your listeners, Tilting is in Fog- located on Fogo Island. Uh, and, of course, Fogo is Portuguese for fire, off the north east coast of Newfoundland. <coughs> and from what I've been told, and we've been told, it's perhaps one of the oldest and purest Irish communities in North America. It may have the oldest Irish graveyard in North America, uh, the oldest headstone, of course, is a green dated around, I believe it's kind of just past the mid 1700s. He was a fisherman from Carrion Sur. So if you go to Tilting now, well, actually, we had a lot of Irish visitors visit Tilting over the years, and they would say that Tilting is more Irish than, than Ireland. Uh, and of course, you know, <clears throat> one of the questions is, you know, how was Tilting able to maintain a lot of the tradition the traditions but also the language right but if you know a little bit about the settlements in Newfoundland you would understand that uh, you know even though uh, communities were very close together they were geographically isolated mm-hmm. and the reason being they were located in coves and the only way to get from one community to the other back then was either to row a boat or to walk across country. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, interchange, right? Genetic or whatever, right? So around the coast of Newfoundland, we have, you know, hundreds of communities that vary in many distinctive ways from a cultural perspective. And even just down the road from Tilting, we have Seldom. And of course, uh, they're primarily settled by uh, fishermen from the southwest of uh, England. And some of the language and terminology that they used were, you know, the old, I guess, Cockney accents from way back then, right? In fact, I'm surprised they even survived <laughs> that long with the crowd and tilting living <laughs> the other end, at the other <laughs> end of the island, right? <laughs> Now, I'm only joking, of course. I know. Well, you were poles apart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, would you like me to mention a little bit about tilting from a, the heritage perspective? Yeah, and very much so. <clears throat> yes. So so anyway, uh, 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 tilting uh, is now recognized as the a provincial heritage landscape for Newfoundland and Labrador for its vernacular architecture. And vernacular architecture is, you know, the common 
the common buildings, right, of the commoner, right? The stages and the stores and the houses and so on. And it's also recognized nationally uh, under the wing or the, under the umbrella of the uh, historic sites of Canada as a federal heritage landscape. So uh, <clears throat> what led to this project, or designation, I guess, began in 1993 with the collapse of the cod fishery, where uh, the federal and provincial government were looking for ways to retrain and provide kind of uh, bridging uh, funding for fishermen. And at the time, uh, the members of community of Tilting formed the Tilting Cultural, sorry, the Tilting Recreation and Cultural Society. And the purpose was to focus or refocus on, you know, economic and cultural opportunities for our small community. <clears throat> so out of that came the initial training and the initial restoration projects, uh, which led to the designation. But the cultural piece <clears throat> didn't come around till around 2008. And that came from Ireland, not from us. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Nawal, well-known Irish uh, singer. Well, he uh, he had been over and visited through the Irish Newfoundland Partnership a number of times, and I can't rightly remember how this happened. But he uh, said, "Boys, you know, we should get together and have a festival, and a crowd of us will come over and set you boys straight in terms of what you sing." <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, that was the first uh, Bailey tilting. At the time, so uh, when, when, when you when you do mention that, then actually, it was a good friend of mine was the minister at the time, Noel Tracy. Okay. Um, when Noel was the uh, deputy minister of foreign affairs in Dublin at that time, Noel was a year ahead of me at school, and um, I remember when the Newfoundland Partnership was being formed, Noel was yes. the, the minister at that time. Yeah. Well, you must know Wally Kieran too, do you? I can't say I do. I, because he was very, very active in that partnership also, right? Right, right. But anyway, getting back to to this festival, what you know, one thing we, we decided to do was bring in community radio. Because, you know, one of the issues, of course, uh, with small communities is that many of those who have grown up have left. <clears throat> so, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds of expats uh, from tilting living all over the world. So at the time we felt that one of the ways that we could reach them was by using community radio, uh, by setting up an FM broadcast uh, across Vogel Island, but then doing a webcast internationally, right? <clears throat> so we, we had uh, uh, that program running until last year where we switched over to uh, using uh, video on Facebook, right? But <clears throat> over the years, we recorded everything. Hundreds of hours of uh, music, stories, and song. And one of the biggest problems we have now is we have this tremendous body of information, and we, we haven't really started to, you know, break it up and catalog it. 
Now, we do have a, a research partnership with the University of, of uh, oh, my God, I got the, oh, Queen's University, uh, where we're kind of picking away at some of that, right? But uh, so anyway, you know, we have this collection. But, of course, prior to that, Memorial University, through the extension service, had spent years also recording stories and songs from not just the people of Tilting, but all over Newfoundland. And uh, uh, if anybody knows anything about Newfoundland, is uh, you know, it was primarily settled by, settled by the Irish and the English, right? So, uh, yeah, we have a rich cultural you know, a body of work here that uh, really should get out somehow. And, of course, the reason you and I, one of the reasons you and I are chatting is because uh, being aware of that, <clears throat> I'd be anxious with your permission to be able to share some of it gradually over a period of time and um, unless it be shared across the community uh, because I'm sure the it's always amazing when people hear uh, connections. The... Um, bells that go off in their head relative to um, be it the culture, the lifestyle, the names and all the rest of it and the the ubiquity nearly of the Irish influence in Canada. Yes, well you know, it, really interesting because one of the things that we often try to do with our community radio broadcast was to pro partnership with community radios in Ireland, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so we did we did uh, a show with uh, community radio and y'all yeah in early years uh we did uh, something or we tried to do something with a with a a bar or something over in uh, Wexford <clears throat> but at the time like the internet and everything wasn't stable right and we actually talked about Irish Radio Canada a couple of years ago with uh, the guy I work with Fred Campbell he kind of runs the station for us the idea of feeding in to groups like you, right? Mm -hmm. So, a couple things. Uh, we did some really good interviews this summer, uh, this fall, uh, using uh, Facebook and uh, audio, which I could send to you to have a look at. But the other thing we could look at next year is is touching base with you and actually sending through some live feed of, like we have song circles and story circles and we have an Irish pub night. Uh, and connecting that feed directly through you and getting it out further, right? Indeed. And this is something you and I will talk further about because as you're talking, there's ideas going through my head um, that uh, may have, could work out also. But yeah, so... Um, as I said, what I'm doing here is just you and I having this conversation so as that uh, I'm alerting the listeners, I suppose, to say, uh, watch this space. That's what really why I want you and I to have the conversation is watch this space, because at some stage in the future, we're going to have programming uh, that uh, is reflective of the Irish uh, connection to Eastern Canada. Uh, so we have, yeah. Yeah. We have a tremendous amount of material. I will say that my first time to visit um, Cape Spear, it, right. it reminded me I could have been at the mizzen head just looking in the opposite direction because the topography at Cape Spear was just like being on the mizzen head. Um, okay. and 
just so so reflective of the ruggedness. And then when I drove the Irish Loop, I could have been driving in County Mayo. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it just, again, yeah. was so reflective of it. Um, so the the richness of it. And uh, I, I met with the O'Briens down in Bay Bulls, and I have good friends of okay. the Hearns down there as well. Um, but all the Irish names, the Powers, the O'Briens, the Hearns, um, this uh, are, occupied that part and the great connection between Waterford, Wexford, um, that part of Ireland and Newfoundland is so rich. But I'd look forward to being able to share that with the listeners. Yeah, well, 8,000 8, immigrants came over, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and prim- settled primarily on, on that coast, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of them made themselves north to as far as Conch. Right. On, on the peninsula. And then, of course, um, um, Ambrose, or not Ambrose, but um, Loyola, Loyola Hearn's song. Loyola Hearn, yeah. Yeah, the great song, From an Island to an Island, is so yeah. reflective of the rich yeah. connection between the two countries. Yeah, yeah. Dan, so, I, I, I'm going to have to wrap up, I'm afraid, but uh, you and I are going to continue to chat, and I want to toss an idea at you and find out yeah. that, and uh, I hope, as I said, that we'll be able to share some of the stories with the listeners in the near future. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, where are you now? Are you in Ottawa or Toronto? I'm, well, based, I, I, I'm based in Ottawa. Okay, but you... <laughs> I thought you might have been a ship, on a ship drifting offshore somewhere. <laughs> we're permanently at sea. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's perfect. <laughs> Thanks a million for taking the time. Yeah, so I got your emails, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch base in a couple of projects. My father left old Ireland so many years ago. He left his home in Galway where the green green shamrocks grow. He met my darling mother on a boat to Newfoundland. And it didn't take him long before he'd won her heart and hand. They both came to this island as happy as could be to settle down together and raise a family. They built a little cottage and started to combine the green of the shamrock with the green of the pine. From an island to an island, from the green to the green, they left their homes to settle in a place they've never seen. They exchanged the hills of Newfoundland for the ones they'd left behind. And the green of the shamrock for the green of the pine As their family grew around them Their eyes shone bright with pride 